Welcome to the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast, powered by Anchor. Any individual opinions expressed do not represent the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast in general. Coming up on the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast, Disney, Dungeons and Dragons, Dance, and of course, Cosplay. All words to describe the life of California cosplayer and our guest, Dearly Cosplay. I was in ballet for forever, so of course I participated in the Nutcracker. Um, And I thought about, okay, so main roles in Nutcracker, maybe I can pull from there and make Sarah into one of the one of the prima roles and i was like okay i'm gonna do snow queen so i talked with my friend thomas who ended up taking my pictures Mm. there was a bunch of kids running around too looking at all the lights and everything and one little girl came up to me and she was like are you a princess one of the cosplayers of extreme anime radio mascot sarah yoshida dearly cosplay coming up also it's taste test time once again following on the heels of my near breakdown last time No, 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 no. Seriously, if you don't believe me, just go back and listen to the last podcast, anchor.fm slash anime radio. I had the Hokkaido hotcake cookie, and it almost brought me to tears. It was that good. (sighs) But tonight, Nefkanuk and myself will both do taste tests. I've got two new flavors of Kit Kats. Nef has a gift bag he got from his professional job. All this, and hopefully no crying, along with the usual odds and ends that make this the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. Coming up next, here on... Extreme Anime Radio. the greatest city in the world broadcasting to fans of anime and the japanese culture all around the world we welcome you to extreme anime radio podcast number five six which one is it neff um let's see i think it's six i think we'll have to look it up i think you may be right yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to, you know, use my brain for something other than a place to, you know, warm my skull. Ugh. But uh regardless, it is uh February the twelfth, two thousand and twenty, the night that we're recording this live stream. We thank you all for joining us. If you're listening to us live or if you're listening to us later on on the podcast realm, 
I am J.R. Horse, and he is Neff Canuck. How are things north of the border, sir? Uh, a little chilly. We're about to get hit with another uh, bit of the white stuff. Yuck. It was actually quite pleasant today uh, down here. Um, a lull in the storm, because I know tomorrow, I think you draw a line over the Tappan Zee Bridge, and uh, north of that, that's where everybody's going to get socked, I think. Oof, fun. Which which is kind of a point north of New York City where the Tappan Zee Bridge is. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to remember my geography, and I'm going, I think that's north. Whoa. <laughs> But yeah, I think they're going to get socked, and then uh, we're going to sort of escape with uh, lots more rain and a little wind. So figure it'd be best to do my errands today and then just uh, sit home tomorrow, uh, put the podcast together, and do a few other things. And uh, oh, my nephew's staying too, so I've got to deal with him. Well, hey, that sounds like a lot of fun in comparison to what I have to look forward to, which is an electrician's visit. Uh-oh. To your house or to your work? Uh, house. Oh, no. Yeah, and this is one of those where it's like it's a minimum charge no matter what they do. So it's like, okay, since you're here, I'm going to use you for the full time you're here. The, the light bulb wasn't screwed in properly. Here, let me fix it. That'll be $200. That's on it, that sort of thing? No, this is replacing light switches, actually, with smarter light switches. Ah, so you're... Your computerized home is going to become more smarter and then eventually take over from you. I was going to say it's going to end up smarter than I am, which is really a low bar to hit, but eh. <laughs> <laughs> If you visit uh, Neff's place, folks, uh, like I've had several times, uh, I can assure you um, over the last few years, really since uh, uh, we started being friends and he helped out with the show and I paid a few visits to his place, since then, it's kind of stepped up uh, incrementally, right? Yeah, this this is going to end up being the point where, for example, I walk in the door, I can literally say, honey, I'm home, lights will turn on, TV will turn on, radio will turn on, and then when I say go to bed, everything will, you know, just shut off all on its own. Yes, and hopefully it'll wake it up again later. <laughs> I, I was going to say, then it has to wake me up the next day. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, Bree says in the chat room it is six episodes. We're up to episode number six. Thank you, Bree. Uh, Thank you very much. Um, so speaking of the chat room, we have our live streams, and uh, we have fun in the chat room during our live streams. We can also be found on the podcast realm, as I like to say. Podcast realm, podcast world. Uh, we have to make up uh, a, a little phrase for that the podcast place as i like to call it the podcast place okay so you can find us on the podcast place at anchor.fm forward slash anime radio and you can find us on the other podcast places spotify google podcasts apple podcasts tune in and a few others just search for the extreme anime radio podcast so it's always fun to have at it with these live shows, and then uh, listen to it later. And uh, what is new, Neff, in news? Anything particular over the last week? Hmm, in the news realm, in the news realm. Other than, you know, that nasty bit of, you know, virusing, and, you know. Oh, yeah. That, that's not a fun thing. No, <laughs> no, and I'm and I'm really concerned about it, considering... 
you know, a lot of uh, things come out of China that we use every day. And mm -hmm. uh, China is now a country struggling to get back on its feet, uh, especially with what's been happening over the last couple of months over there. Yeah, I mean, they've been trying to slowly get back to normal, but it's not an easy process. Uh, this virus has not, you know, done what most expected it to do. So they're trying to figure out, okay, this thing is doing things that we don't quite understand yet. Yeah, so they're taking more precautions with this coronavirus as opposed to, you know, other diseases that people know a lot more about, like influenza and whatnot. Mm. Yeah, they said already that uh, there's been a larger death toll from this virus than there was from the SARS virus from, mm. was that 2003, I think? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, and that and that caused a quite a panic back in the day. Mm. To see it happening again, and this time accelerated through social media, including some very, you know, not nice things. I, I'm loath to say it, but yikes. Yes, uh some some outlets, I think, they're referring to the coronavirus as Wuhan virus. And that's kind of like, eh. Yeah, I, I wouldn't put it down to a particular place. It's mo like most viruses. It, you know, it came as a result of transmission from what we don't know. The problem right now is containing further transmission, which is always difficult because, as you know, viruses can be transmitted any number of ways. Of course, the easiest way is when you just do this. Achoo! Exactly. You know, so, so remember, folks, into your sleeve if you have nothing else, because it's not like your elbow is suddenly going to develop, develop the coronavirus. Right. It's a very sad situation with um, over a thousand dead um, as of the time we're recording this, um, and tens of thousands uh, trying to fight it. Yeah, they seem they seem to indicate that it's most uh, the the worst outcomes seem to be for those who are elderly or with the uh, compromised immune system. So, mm. and then if you haven't had your shots, folks, you're just asking for trouble. Mm. And uh, neighboring countries also have to be on the alert. Uh, Japan has been keeping a close eye on uh, what's been going on. Uh, a big news story in Japan right now is that. Uh, cruise ship that has been quarantined for over a week now and they just uh, seem to keep finding more coronavirus cases on the cruise ship every day yeah and there is a i think there's one canadian couple on the ship and they're like get us off get us off but uh that might not be a good idea right now yeah the japanese quarantine is very strict so they're holding that cruise ship for 14 days before they let anybody off hmm yeah, you want to make absolutely sure that, you know, as best you can, because remember, viruses are insidious things, folks. I mean, you hope that uh, by, uh, by, by quarantining them for a set, a set period of time, the virus will es essentially exhaust itself, and hopefully that's the case. But precautions are still necessary. Well, talking about Japan, uh, to uh, change the subject over to anime news... We learned that a very old-school anime, an anime that makes us feel old enough, uh, has recently been reacquired for distribution in North America and pretty much most other places around the world. And that will be an anime that came out around the same time as Sailor Moon, Marmalade Boy. 
Yes. Now, I'm not sure. I didn't check. Um, was it Discotech? Discotech licensed it uh, and released it on Blu-ray a year and a half ago. Okay. So I, th- I thought so because they, they tend to go for the older titles that have a more, I'll, I'll say, niche appeal okay. in general. But uh, good on them for uh, exposing Marmalade Boy to a wider audience with uh, its distribution on Crunchyroll. The only problem for me will be add another thing to the pile of things I want to watch. <laughs> I must have... I mean, I'm not watching, I'll be honest, I don't watch too much uh, uh, on-demand stuff now as I did a long time ago. And um, yeah, I probably have about 20 things in my Crunchyroll queue, 18 of which I have yet to begin seeing. <laughs> Yeah, and the funny part is I just got an order in from a certain company down in the States that includes two more series that have been added to my pile. Uh-oh. Although one of which I will probably watch to see if they change the subtitles from what they're streaming to what they're willing to put on disc. Uh-oh, another one of those uh, subtitle hack jobs, the dubbed hack jobs? Well, it'll be a subtitle, and the only reason they would they would have uh, softened the, dub, uh, the subtitles on uh, the streaming service is that, at least when I saw it originally as a fan sub, they said some pretty dot-dot things. <laughs> so I'm curious to see if the home video version has a closer to that version than the slightly sanitized version that is uh, playing right now on High Dive. I see. Um, I should also mention that I have uh, some old school anime DVDs that apparently I purchased from Funimation 10 years ago, and I'm selling them on eBay, no luck yet. How do you know it's 10 years ago that you bought these things? I'm curious. Uh, That will be because I looked up the invoice in my email. Ah, you're like me. Emails from eons ago that, you know, matter not a whit to anybody but you. No. So these are sealed DVDs uh, that I'm sure there are other ways you can watch them, but uh, they were released uh, early 2000s when Funimation was part of Navarre. Okay, that there there's a name I haven't heard in a long time. So um, it's uh, sealed uh, Full Metal Panic Fumofu. Um, okay. season one of Strike Witches, and right. the the first season, I guess, the original season of Ikitosan. Interesting bit of purchase there, I must say. And I don't know the reasoning why I got these. Maybe to watch them, but they ended up in my shelf in my closet, collecting cobwebs for almost ten years. Well, Ikitosan, I could see you not necessarily wanting that out in the open. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I read I about have, that. Yeah, yeah, I have titles, you know, that I will proudly display. I don't care, but that's because I'm crazy. So, um, we have uh, a taste test going on today, Neff, which I'm sure you're excited about. Which we're going to be uh, coming up to later on in the show. And we also mm-hmm. have our interview with uh, Dearly Cosplay, which we're going to be playing in just a little bit. Um, now, you have four Pocky flavors, and you got them from uh, a care basket that you got from work, right? That's right, yeah. And I ordered two 
Kit Kat bags from uh, eBay from the Land of the Rising Sun, which arrived the other day. And mm. uh, they are the tangerine orange Kit Kat flavor and the yuzu matcha Kit Kat flavor. Two flavors that are in demand, apparently. So mm. um, I'm looking forward to it. One of my friends has the orange Kit Kats and says that uh, they kind of taste like orange popsicles. That might not be a bad thing. Mm -mm. So we're going to um, tell you that for sure uh, once we do the taste test uh, in a little bit. This is the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast, and uh, we'll play a few ads here and then bring you the Dearly Cosplay interview. Uh, Very talented cosplayer from California, one of the cosplayers of Extreme Anime Radio mascot, Sarah Yoshida. She'll talk about her interest in cosplay culture, her interest in everything Disney, Dungeons and Dragons, and dance. She also gives some ballet cosplay tips, um, which we will also air in our special ballet cosplay safety show, which is coming up hopefully next month. So stay tuned for that. And we'll have some more programming notes in just a little bit. But for now, we're going to go ahead to the Dearly Cosplay interview after these messages. You're listening to the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. Have you heard about those places out there that sell personalized video greetings from celebrities? How would you like a personal greeting? And who better to star in your video message than Extreme Anime Radio's mascot, Sarah Yoshida? Sarah Shoutouts! Featuring the cosplayers of Sarah Yoshida. Sarah shoutouts allow you to select a Sarah cosplayer to provide a personalized shoutout or greeting on video. Want to wish someone a happy birthday or a happy holiday? Good luck on a test? Ask for advice? Too shy to say something and want Sarah to say it on your behalf? There are many possibilities. And most importantly, proceeds from your personalized video will go directly to Extreme Anime Radio in order to pay the station's operating expenses. For more information on how you can schedule a Sarah shout-out, please email extremeanimeradio at gmail.com. Terms and conditions apply. Mention you heard about Sarah shout-outs on the podcast and get yours for only $16. Welcome back, everybody, to the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. I am now joined by yet another of the Sarah Yoshida cosplayers, one of the newer ones, hailing from California, where it's nice and sunny. Please say hello to Dearly Cosplay. Hello, Dearly. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. How's the weather out there today? It's actually really nice right now. It's a, it's sunny. It's a little windy, but, you know, I can't complain too much. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, well, typical California weather, I guess, for uh, the wintertime, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we don't really dip below about 70, 75 here <laughs> anytime. <laughs> yeah, and here today, well, at least the day we're recording this, it was like 25. So, yeah, I think it's a nice difference there. Oh yeah, it's always it's always nice out here. You know, you it's California. You can't go anywhere without it being nice here. <laughs> well, um 
you're an amazing cosplayer, and you've helped us out with uh, Sarah several times in the last couple of years, including your very first one that we'll touch base on in a little bit. But first, yeah. um, dearly, why don't you tell me a little bit about uh, your interest in Japanese culture and cosplaying in general? Um, so I kind of fell into cosplay on accident, actually. I went to a con with one of my girlfriends. Uh, we went to uh, Anime Impulse, which is up in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And I saw everybody dressed up, and it just looked like so much fun, and everybody seemed so happy, and it, it looked amazing. Some of the people that came in costume and, you know, were in character for some of their cosplays and things, and after that I was like, oh my god, I want to go do this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I turned to my friend, and I was like, can we go do this? This looks really fun. And she's like, yeah, okay. So we literally came home and just 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 started brainstorming things. And then, you know, one thing rolled into another. And I've been doing this now for, oh, my God, I think almost three, four years now. I can't believe that time's gone by that fast. <laughs> wow. It seems like you're having a wonderful time with it as well. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. It's, you know, I mean, it has its it has its challenges. You know, I'm not a... I'm not a very good seamstress or anything like that, but I mean, through cosplay, it's taught me a lot of different techniques and crafting skills and stuff. And it's kind of a nice thing to do uh, just outside of work. That's, you know, something for yourself and then also something you can share with other people because I mean, once you finish something, you're so proud of it. You want to go share it. Right. And it's, it's so much fun to be able to be a part of this community and, and share with everybody. I know there are several cons out there in Southern California. There's uh, what Anime LA, Anime Expo, San Diego mm -hmm. Comic Con. Have you frequented any of those? Yes, yeah. I usually end up going to San Diego Comic Con and then also uh, WonderCon, which is in Anaheim, California, so over by Disneyland. Okay. Um, yeah, and then uh, I'll occasionally also get out to Anime Impulse up in Los Angeles as well. Okay, okay. Are there any particular cosplays uh, that have stood out for you uh, in the last few years? Yeah, um, mostly what I've kind of gravitated towards was doing um, a lot of like the Disney princesses and things. I've done a lot of different Disney princess mashups. Um, a few of them that I did, uh, one of the first two, well, the first two that I actually did was I did White Rabbit from Alice in Wonderland, but I made it in um, a uh, more ballet style. And then also um, Fairy Godmother, which I did uh, with my friend who did um, the Blue Fairies. So we both did those on point, which was really, really fun oh, and wow. really well received. Yeah, but those by far, those were two of my first cosplays I ever made. And I think those two really stood out. Um, I've done a few other different Disney, uh, Disney flavored ones. Um, right now I'm working on two and I'm finally pulling away from Disney. Uh, hopefully I'll be ready in time for WonderCon in April. Um, so I'm working on a uh, cats one with a group of cosplayers. Um, wow. and then also, yeah. And then also, uh, Dungeons and Dragons one from a uh, critical roles podcast. Oh, nice. So, <laughs> Yeah, so it should be fun. I'm slowly moving away from Disney a little bit, but they always still have my heart. <laughs> in all my years growing up, I've never actually participated in like Dungeons and Dragons. What would you recommend for a beginner like me? 
Um, I mean, it's, it's so much fun. I mean, I, the way that I got into it was actually through my boyfriend because okay. he's a dungeon master. So he runs our whole campaign, but one way to get into it was to be, you know, go to your local game shop. I'm sure there's, there's always some night that they probably have set aside to play Dungeons and Dragons. And it's a great way to go meet people, go make friends, go join a campaign, go see if you like it. You know, it's, it's really a lot of fun and, you know, it's a great way to kind of also use those character muscles and things that, you know, you sometimes use during cosplay. Cause I mean, you can use voices, you can make a whole backstory and a whole personality and, you know, it's kind of runs along the lines of cosplay. You're taking on this whole persona of this person that you've made and, you know, it's, it's like, sky's the limit as far as it goes with dungeons and dragons too so (laughs) yeah i've heard a lot of things about it and i know the podcasts of those are kind of becoming quite popular with actual gameplay so Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's a lot of fun it's it's definitely something different i was really really shy when we first started playing (laughs) because i wasn't sure like how to do voices or anything like that because usually when i'm in cosplay i don't really uh, I don't really take on a persona of who I'm cosplaying. Um, so it was a little different doing that, but it's been a lot of fun. And I think it's kind of really helped my cosplay too. Oh, cool. um, being a- Yeah, being able to kind of get into that character and that persona that you take on and stuff. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of personas, um, you've cosplayed our mascot, Sarah Yoshida, several times already. Yes, yes. (laughs) But I think to a lot of people, the one that really stands out was your very first Sarah for uh, two Christmases ago. Oh my gosh, yes. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about uh, how that cosplay came together after we spoke. So... I brainstormed back and forth how I was going to do that. Um, And I had come across, you know, I was in ballet for forever. So, of course, I participated in the Nutcracker. Um, Mm. And I thought about, okay, so main roles in Nutcracker, maybe I can pull from there and make Sarah into one of the one of the prima roles. So I thought of Sugar Plum Fairy at first. And then I was like, that's really cute, but I feel like a lot of people do that too. And then I was, and then another one that I thought of was the Snow Queen and the Snow Queen Pata Da, which is always really beautiful. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm going to do Snow Queen. So I talked with my friend Thomas, who ended up taking our picture, my mm. pictures, and we found a candy cane lane over by my parents' house with all the Christmas lights and everything, Ooh. and it was freezing that night (laughs) we could see in some of the photos you sent to us yeah yeah it was so cold it like it was probably one of the colder nights that we've had here in california i'm running around in a little tutu and leotard um but it was so much fun and it was it was just such a fun experience um there was a bunch of kids running around too uh, looking at all the candy cane, uh, at candy cane lane and looking at all the lights and everything. And one little girl came up to me and she was like, are you a princess? And I was like, yes, <laughs> I am a princess. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was so much fun. Uh, it was so much fun channeling Sarah that way. And 
you know, being able to being able to do something for your for the station and also just having so much fun creating the whole process and, you know, figuring out what I was going to do and then shooting it and then, you know, getting that reaction from the little girl just made my day and made it not so cold. <laughs> this is the first I'm hearing of this story, everybody. I mean, wow, you toughed it out that night and that m- makes me it and I'm sure so all the cold. listeners appreciate what you do even more. <laughs> yeah i mean hey i'm happy to i'm happy to help and whenever i can with you guys you guys have been so great and you know it's the least i can do <laughs> i know you have uh you've told me you've had a few more ideas in mind to cosplay sarah to help promote our new podcast which is very very exciting yes yeah definitely yeah i just uh i just recently moved up to the high desert here in california so over by palm springs um, so there's the Joshua Tree National Park right outside our door. Ooh, I've heard much. of that, yeah. Yeah, so I was thinking maybe I'll take Sarah on a little bit of a desert hike and we'll go we'll go get some fun pictures with the Joshua trees. <laughs> that's that's that'll be wonderful to see, and we're looking forward to that. We're talking with Dearly Cosplay here on the Extreme Anime Radio podcast. Um Sarah, of course, our mascot, is somebody who loves to dance and loves to live life to the fullest. And I know you've already mentioned that you've been dancing for quite a while. Specifically, how yes. long? I've been dancing since I was about five. Oh, wow. So that's yeah, that's a quite a long time, isn't it? Yeah, so basically my entire life. <laughs> and do you enjoy it? I do. I really do. I um, I actually still take class. Uh, I usually go twice a week after I get out of work. Um, I still go take ballet class. Uh, you know, I'm funny enough. They put me with the little kids now because they don't have a lot of options for adults. So. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. I usually get put with the teenagers and, you know, they run circles around me, but it's still really fun, and I really enjoy going. And it's it's just a nice way to relax and come back to something I love. <laughs> well, you can practice, take lessons, and you can also kind of give back too, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, with the younger girls, you know, I I usually try and give advice if they if they ask me for anything because I mean, you know, you're a teenager, you're going through you know, what you want to do with your career and your life. And some of these girls do want to go be professionals and, you know, go join a company at some point later on down the line. And so I, at one point in my life, thought of doing the same thing. And Mm -hmm. so I usually try and share my experiences with trying to go down that route and, you know, what I thought of the process and, you know, what ultimately made me decide to, you know, be like, this isn't this isn't what I want to do with my life and why I thought so. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really fun. They also at first always look at me like, Oh my God, what is this lady doing in our class? (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, I'm just like, I'm just here to take class. You guys like, don't mind me. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's fun. It's it's really fun. Once, you know, their initial shock factor's over, they just kind of ignore me and let me go do my thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, dearly, um, we were talking about this uh, before we came on the air. For a future podcast, we're going to bring up the discussion about uh, those who feel like they want to integrate ballet or even point work into their cosplays. People Mm -hmm. who are saying, I want to be the next uh, Princess Tutu. I want to be the next Mm -hmm. Gwen or that sort Mm -hmm. of thing. Or maybe Mm -hmm. combine uh, ballet cosplay like you've done several times already. Mm -hmm. What sort of advice would you give to those people? So this is something that I've seen quite a few times on Instagram where it's girls who, you know, want to do point or want to take, want to incorporate ballet into their cosplays, which is great. It's, it's fantastic. I love that people, you know, have gotten so creative with this, but you do really need to be careful, especially if you're going to use point shoes in your cosplay and you don't have correct ballet training. Um, one thing I would say, you know, is if you want to incorporate ballet and just get some soft shoes and take a class or two, if you can't take a class, YouTube's a great resource for, you know, beginning ballet positions and you can use your soft shoes in your cosplays and that's still phenomenal. Like the fact that, you know, you've put in the time and consideration into, Um, wanting to incorporate ballet into your cosplay and, you know, doing the research, taking some lessons or practicing at home. It's still, you know, so phenomenal that you've taken those steps to do it correctly. Um, If you really, really, really want to put point in because you feel like that's just part of this cosplay just needs to have a point, have point in it, then I would highly suggest taking classes and working with an instructor who knows what you want to do and, you know, at least taking a year or two of classes before you attempt to get on point because it is so easy to break your ankle and, you know, cause damage to yourself if you don't know what you're doing because you need to have the correct muscle strength in your legs and in your ankles and in your feet in order to get up on your toes and support yourself, because that's essentially what you're doing. You're supporting your entire body weight on the tips of your toes. And if you don't have that structure and that support base there, you can cause yourself a whole lot of damage. And it's I say the same thing to the younger girls when I'm in class and they're first starting out on point, you know, I'm always, I'm always very cautious because I've heard the horror stories. I've seen the horror stories Mm. of girls who have gotten up on point and then, you know, either broken an ankle or ripped their Achilles, something like that. And it's, you know, it's, it's just, you know, it's so dangerous to do it without the proper foundation. And so one thing I cannot stress enough is if you want to, if you're thinking about incorporating ballet into your cosplays and you want to get on point, please go take class. Please go take class. Please go be safe. Please work with somebody who knows that this is your goals and that this is what you want to do and why. And, you know, make sure you're going to class, you're practicing, you're practicing at class, you're practicing at home, you're doing stretches, you're doing strengthening exercises. You know, it might take you longer, but in the end result, it's going to look, it's going to look beautiful and you're also going to be safe about it. 
that's the main goal is safety with point. Well, this has been wonderful, dearly. Um, is there anything else you'd like to say to all of our podcast listeners as we wrap up this interview? Um, just thank you guys so much. I mean, I see, I see everybody's likes and comments and things, both on the Extreme Anime Radio page and also on my Instagram page. And just thank you guys so much for the support. And it's been such a blast being able to help Extreme Anime Radio out. And I'm so excited to see how this podcast, you know, evolves and keeps on going. <laughs> I'm excited too. Thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much. It's been great. <laughs> it has been great. And this is the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. We'll be back in just a moment. Have you heard about those places out there that sell personalized video greetings from celebrities? How would you like a personal greeting? And who better to star in your video message than Extreme Anime Radio's mascot, Sarah Yoshida? Sarah Shoutouts, featuring the cosplayers of Sarah Yoshida. Sarah Shoutouts allow you to select a Sarah cosplayer to provide a personalized shoutout or greeting on video. Want to wish someone a happy birthday or a happy holiday? Good luck on a test? Ask for advice? Too shy to say something and want Sarah to say it on your behalf? There are many possibilities. And most importantly, proceeds from your personalized video will go directly to Extreme Anime Radio in order to pay the station's operating expenses. For more information on how you can schedule a Sarah shout-out, please email extremeanimeradio at gmail.com. Terms and conditions apply. Mention you heard about Sarah shout-outs on the podcast and get yours for only $16. Welcome back to the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. J.R. Horse here with Neff Canuck, and you just heard the wonderful interview we had with Dearly Cosplay. And what she said, uh, Neff, to me uh, caught me off guard, uh, telling me about when she did the uh, Snow Queen Sarah. That was the first Sarah cosplay she did two Christmases ago. And uh, one of the kids in her neighborhood walked up and said, Are you a princess? <laughs> well, it's always nice to see that sort of thing, you know, when you you can have have such a reaction to to what what you're doing. I, I just like the fact that she was saying it was so cold, and I'm just going, yes, we know artists like to suffer for their art. I've <laughs> I've done this. I've done the same. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I do want to give a shout out to Dearly's uh, boyfriend who might be listening, uh, and I want to thank him uh, for. His uh, work in defending our country as a proud member of the United States Marines. He's in the Marines, so I want to say thank you to him for that. I was going to say, you better say thank you or he'll, you know, take off your arms and floss with them. Yikes! <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but he is also helping. Uh, he's helped with uh, some of the more recent uh, Sarah cosplay photo shoots that Dearly has done and what Dearly will be doing soon. So a big shout out to him uh, for everything he does. And um, if you want to follow Dearly Cosplay on Instagram, she is at Dearly underscore Cosplay. So I'll spell that out for you. D-E-E-R-L-Y underscore Cosplay. That is her Instagram handle. 
So you can follow all of her cosplay plans and photos on her page there. So uh, as we continue on with the Extreme Anime Radio podcast, uh, oh, I should mention um, that uh, more of what Dearly Cosplay said about ballet cosplay safety will be airing in our special podcast program about that subject coming up um, hopefully in March. However, if you listen to the podcast later when we publish it, be sure to stick around because we're going to have a bonus clip from Dearly Cosplay at the very end of the podcast when we publish it. Just listen all the way to the end and you'll hear a bonus clip from her at the very end. Uh, a bonus and also a little bit of a preview uh, for the uh, special show that we're going to do next month. Okay. Now, shall we eat? I believe so. We are ready, and uh, Neff said he wanted me to take as much time as I could to prepare for this segment so that he can work up more of an appetite for what he's got. Yes, because I had I ate a little bit late coming home because it was a long day, and it's like, oh dear, that's right, I'm doing a taste test tonight. Oh dear. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so while you prepare, I'm just going to briefly go over what I received from uh, my eBay uh, contact person at this point because I think I've ordered several of these. Kit Kats from uh, this individual who's based in the mid-Atlantic U.S., both for myself and for some other friends that I have around the country. Why don't you just call them your supplier and be done with it? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's reasonably priced, and uh, if this person can churn up uh, more unique flavors, then I'm going to just keep on ordering. I think the price is perfect for uh, what he has and quite reasonable. The two flavors that I have are, the first one is going to be the um, Iyokan, I think it's Iyokan, Tangerine Orange Kit Kat. Mm -hmm. And uh, I actually got that, uh, like I said, from another one of my friends. And uh, my friend thought that they tasted like uh, orange uh, popsicles that you just threw out in the freezer and whatnot. So I'm very eager to try those because I was feasting on those types of orange popsicles when I was a kid. <laughs> oh dear. What's worse? They were mm -hmm. uh, they belonged to my family, a member of my family who was on weight watchers. So they would go into the freezer and like where are my orange popsicles? Uh oops. <laughs> that that's when you find the the door and you exit stage left. Right. Especially growing up in the 90s, those Weight Watchers uh, orange popsicles were a real thing, and they were addictive. Mmm. Addictive, and, you know, like, you get, you get you in a lot of trouble, apparently. Yes. Um, the other Kit Kat, uh, which apparently in this bag, there's one less of the mini Kit Kats compared to in the orange. The orange has 12 of these uh, bars. Uh, they have two wafers each. That's how they do it. But this mm -hmm. one has just 11. And the corner of the bag is accidentally cut because uh, when I put my scissors to the envelope earlier today, uh, well, these Kit Kat bags were kind of smushed in so much that I accidentally clipped the top off of this bag. 
this is the um, the newest flavor, uh, the yuzu matcha. So the yuzu is kind of like a citrus fruit, and we all know what matcha is. It's the type of uh, rich uh, Japanese green tea that's bitter. And I'm interested to see how these citrusy and bitter flavors kind of mix together. Now it's time to explain to our listeners, Neff, what you have and how you obtained uh, said items. Okay, well, I have four separate varieties of Pocky, uh, several which I've never even seen before. So literally this is like uh, a whole new world. Cue a song if you like. Uh, first of all, we'll start with uh, one that is reasonably uh, well-known. I will say, I will start with the strawberry pocky, except these ones are crunchy. I'm not quite sure what makes them crunchy, although if you look at the box, there appear to be little bits of things on the, on the pocky stick, which leads me to wonder and go, what is making them crunchy? Am I going to regret this later? <laughs> Next time I go to Japan, I'll, I'll ask Liko for you and find out. Okay. And then we have, sticking with the crunchy theme, I think, uh, we have Almond Crush Pocky, which basically sounds wonderful, except it looks like there are sharp little bits, and I'm going, ow, my gums. More or less than the strawberry? Uh, actually, much more. The, the, these ones look like um, they're coated with chocolate and sharp little barbed pieces. <laughs> which is kind of frightening. Then we have the green tea pocky, which I have never tried before. I've seen it. I've never actually, you know, worked up the courage to actually buy a, pa a package and try it. So this will be brand new for me. And finally, chocolate banana, something I'd never heard of before. Unlike other pocky flavors, it appears that the stick in this case is the chocolate and the coating is the banana. Ah, so a little bit of a reversal there. Yes. Reminds me of a song cube that goes something, 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 banana phone. Ring, got, ring, 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 banana phone. Banana phone. There you go. There we go. <laughs> okay. I'm glad I remember now, that. <laughs> I'm surprised you did. Then again, I'm surprised I remember what I had for breakfast this morning, but let's not go there. <laughs> huh. Okay. Um, to explain how I ended up with all this different Pocky, uh, this was a combination care package and birthday package, actually. Uh, I had a death in the family and my birthday in literally days apart. So as I'm trying to stumble through dealing with all of the things that happen when, you know, someone close to you passes uh, and my birthday's coming up, they basically said, okay, we got to do something for him because he's basically a zombie and, you know, bouncing off the walls, which is pretty close to what I do normally. So I'm not sure how they told the difference. But they came up with this, with this wonderful care package, including the Pocky, uh, multiple uh, little bits and bobs, including some Amazon gift cards, a bottle of sake, which I have not cracked open yet. Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> that was supposed to be a surprise for next week. Ah. Ah. But anyways, so we got that and, as I said, a few other bits and bobs. And like I said, I figured, what better way to, you know, try all this out and then live on air including the reaction <laughs> so uh well i think uh i started last time so why don't you uh, do the honors this time okay then what i'm going to ask you to do is give me a number one through four 
One through four. Oh, I have to go by number instead of by flavor. This is going to be interesting. No, if you want, okay. If you want to do it by flavor, go for it. Okay. Um, I would say because Shatkurt is complaining in the chat room, what's wrong with chocolate banana? I think that's what we have to start with. Alrighty then, chocolate banana it is. Now, bear with me, as none of these have actually been pre-opened. I sort of forgot to do that. Oh no, worries. But it's actually rather easy, except. Oddly enough, and this is bad. This is bad planning, folks, because the entire package is one package. Oh yeah! So basically, you open this thing, you're committed. Oh yeah! It's uh, some pocky have one package in the box. Others will have two or three. In in this case, it's like the old joke uh, when you have bacon and eggs. The chicken is involved. The pig, they're committed. <laughs> so here we go. Aha, there we go. Neff attempting yes. to open the bag of chocolate banana pocky. Okay. Now, I'm holding it up for JR to see. It's not a very good picture, I'm afraid. Okay. The lighting in here is horrible. Um, there is definitely, it is definitely a chocolate stick with banana-colored uh, coating. So, let's give it a shot. There he goes. Okay. Definitely tastes like banana. The chocolate underneath, mm -hmm. if that's chocolate, I can do ballet. <laughs> it might look like chocolate, but it don't taste like it, folks. So you're saying it's more of a plain biscuit than it is chocolate? Pretty much, yeah. Okay, yeah. I know uh, pockets can be like that sometimes. Yeah. Now, on our scale, I definitely give this uh, I'm trying to remember. We have meh. Blech, and then it was... Yeah, mm. it's... Uh, blech is the worst. Yeah. And then we have meh, and then we have eh in the middle, and then yeah. yay and woohoo. I definitely give this an eh, and I say, that be I say that because, unfortunately, with the lack of chocolate flavor, all I'm getting is fakish banana. Fakish? Ooh, fakish banana. Well, I've eaten real bananas, folks. This is close, but it has that fake cloying flavor to it. Mm. Well, that's sad. So that's an eh, or in Canada, an A for Neff on the chocolate banana pocky. Very good, sir. You've <laughs> earned your Canadian citizenship. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, uh, let's see here. Uh, what will be your choice in, uh, then, Neff, uh, for the next one? I think I want to try something with actual chocolate flavor. So I'm going to suggest the Almond Crush. Okay, Almond Crush. So that's the one that has a lot of barbed uh, things on the stick. Yes. Now, in this case, to make sure that the barbed pieces stay on the stick, there are two packages, and they're laid out in a way that makes them look suspiciously like... Um, what's, that, what's that particular Japanese dish where the, the chicken is on a stick? I'm trying to oh, yakitori? Yakitori, yes, thank you. It looks like it's packaged like yakitori, okay. which is rather bizarre. But hey, let's try it. They're they're all loosened together in the in the bag basically. Yes. Well, in this case it looks like they're actually like been placed in the bag, but I think that's because of the way they coat them. Right, right. Okay. Chocolate looking chocolate barbed wire, folks. That's what this reminds me of. I don't know why. <laughs> you might like this I, one. Go ahead. He is eating the almond crush. 
definitely almond, and definitely chocolate, and definitely yay. Oh, cool. We have a winner so far. That's two down. Um, my suggestion at this point would be uh, the strawberry, or unless you want to okay. go for the bitter stuff next, and then you would go for the matcha. Oh, don't worry. I have a palate cleanser sitting in a in a in a cup beside me. Okay. Um, we'll try the we'll try the crunchy strawberry. Okay. Now, again, this one actually looks like the the uh, biscuit is supposed to be chocolate flavored, but again, I call baloney. Okay. Unfortunately, this one it appears that the oh uh, no yeah the, this this one took a tumble. Let's see the other one. Okay, one package is in bad shape. The other one is in better shape. We'll take the bad bad shape package first. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have a I have a thing for you know slightly damaged goods. You know, <laughs> look at me. Anyway, <laughs> so now let's see. We open these suckers up. There we go. Have any of you guys listening uh, had the broken pocky bag every so often? Okay. Now, oddly enough, in real life, this does not look quite like um strawberry to me like it's not pink enough mm. i look at it and it looks suspiciously more grape color but let's see how it tastes okay strawberry now the strawberry crush definitely strawberry the little bits i'm not quite sure what they're supposed to be they might be almond bits but they do have a peculiar color issue going on i'm not sure what that's about I don't think they would mix almond with the strawberry. It's probably no, just I... strawberry bits. The strawberry bits that weren't good for anything else. <laughs> and that and the, let that thing get folks. Now, this one I will give a yay as well. Okay. Definitely definitely nice, but like I said, I'm just a little bit worried. Why are there these little bits attached to these strawberry these strawberry pocky stick? <laughs> It's like the re- the reject pocky the reject strawberry pocky. I know we'll call them crunchy strawberry pocky sticks. <laughs> we'll have to get you a lot. We'll have to get you some of the cheap uh, plain strawberries next time, huh? I, I was going to say those I can pick up at the grocery store, no problem. <laughs> and now we're going to sit and f down the little tea house, and he's going to have the matcha. Okay, now let me go to the last box here and try not to have all this pocky that's open spill all over the floor. Yeah. That would be bad. If you hear Neff uh, away from the microphone, it's because he's uh, reaching over for the uh, Pocky uh, right next to him. So you have the uh, matcha now. Yes, I do have the matcha. One giant bag again. Mm. Again, again, I understand why they would do that for economy and not wasting packaging. But true, it's it sort of means you're committed at this point. Mm. There we go. All right, now definitely. The appropriate smell. Okay. Definitely the appropriate color. And here we go. Matcha Pocky. Okay. Now, the smell is right, Mm -hmm. but the taste seems a little weak, I think is the only word I can put to it. I see. I was expecting a bit more of of a... distinctive matcha flavor when you have matcha tea you you know you're having matcha tea right it, it will it will clean it will clean out your sinuses you know if uh, if it's warm it's like wow oh yeah i'd say mm, i won't say a yay but definitely an eh okay very interesting you know what i'm they might sell 
Uh, Pocky with stronger matcha flavors that might have the taste you're looking for, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Maybe I am, but uh, yeah, the uh, the green tea uh, Pocky um, is quite common. They'll sell them along with the strawberry and whatnot. But there might be, uh, shall we say, some more exotic flavors you need to look for. Yes, I'll have to figure out if I can maybe uh, make my way down to that area we went down to the last, I think not the last time you were here, but the time before, right. Japantown, mm-hmm. and and maybe see what uh, I can scrounge up there. Okay, cool. So uh, the Almond Crush, then, is your winner. Indeed. And I, I say go down there at some point. Uh, that'll probably be after the Neff Mobile gets replaced. Oh, yes. Uh, while I get my bags ready here... Uh, why don't, yeah, give us a little update because uh, you, you posted a little a bit about it the other day. Your Ford Fusion is becoming unfused. Yes. Um, after 12 years and about 152,000 kilometers, some of the engine oil is trying to escape. Mm. Where is it trying to escape? From multiple points in the engine. Oh, no. Yes. So when I brought it in, they gave me the great... Excuse me, the great news. That's what happens to me, Pocky folks. You end up with gas. Anyways, um, so anyways, I, I go in and they tell me um, we've got good news and bad news. Good news, the body of the car is okay. Bad news, your engine is leaking catastrophically in two places and minor leaks everywhere else. The only way to fix it is to pull the entire engine out, replace every seal, and then throw the engine back in. Take a wild stab how much you think that's going to cost. Uh, 5000 No, lower, but still a heart-stopping $3,000 for a car that is not even worth that anymore. Good grief. It sounds like I'm playing Gran Turismo 4 on the PlayStation 2, and I'm buying a used car, and I'm changing the oil, and they swap all the parts out. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, uh, no, I'm not about to spend, because here's the problem, too, folks. When you pull the engine out of a modern car, you are disturbing a lot of connections, both mechanical and electronic, to various systems throughout the car. So by ripping the engine out, you're probably fixing the engine and introducing a whole host of other problems. Flax in the chat room said over 9,000. Ha, 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 ha. Well, the replacement for the Neffmobile is going to be much over over 9,000. I can tell you that. <laughs> If uh, if you're willing, sir, I know you're going to a very popular uh, auto show in your area soon. Uh, what sort of vehicles will you be looking at to replace the Fusion? Um, due to age, infirmity, injury, I'll be looking for something a little higher off the ground. So I'm probably looking at at least at one of those crossover urban utility vehicles, if not a straight-out SUV. Now, the trick is most of those cars don't necessarily come the way I need them for, again, the various injuries I have. So I either have to get them heavily modified or heavily automated. Mm. Heavily modified is difficult and not always successful. Automated is successful, but I'm miming the fingers, folks, because that's like money, money, money. I looked at one, for example, a popular SUV that's just been redesigned. And uh, with all the things I need, I'm looking at an on-the-road price of about $47,000 Canadian. 
Yeah, yeah, and I, I just sort of go, well, at least if I buy that, the gas will, be, I'll be burning less gas. Maybe because I can't afford the car payments, I'll be walking afterwards. <laughs> but yeah, so that that's where I'm at, folks. It's gonna be like, hello, yikes. Yeah, we hope so. uh, we hope uh, your search goes well, and that you can uh, find a nice car with ease of use and uh, definitely a good pickup, like the Fusion did. I'm not talking about a pickup truck; I'm talking about the engine, mind you. Well, sa- sadly, some pickup trucks are actually set up for most of the controls the way I need them. But uh, I keep saying to myself, why would I drive essentially a giant box with a box on the back <laughs> and it's just me? <laughs> it, it, it makes no logical sense to my tiny little brain. Yes. <sighs> Somebody suggested in the chat room, get a Lamborghini. If I had a driver and somebody, and that driver could get me in and out of the car. That's about the only way I'm going to be driving a Lamborghini. <laughs> Neff, start a podcast so you can buy a new car. The price is wrong. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, uh, like I said, hopefully it works out for you. And uh, it's time now to look at my KitKats. So what should I try first? Should I go for the... The tangerine Kit Kat, the one that tastes like popsicles, supposedly? Or should I go for the blend of citrus and bitterness and the yuzu matcha? I would say start with the less sweet first. That's just my, you know, recommendation only because, as I suspect, the sweet version is going to basically have your tongue doing this. All right. So you think the yuzu matcha? Yes. That would be my suggestion. Let's open up the bag. As per typical, uh, it smells like a bag once you open the bag. I hope it at least smells like a bag as opposed to, like, you know, maybe a dead body or something. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And this is the Yuzu Matcha. It comes in a green wrapper. And uh, let's open it up for taste. Caldeth bids $1 on your podcast. (laughs) One dollar. That wouldn't even get me a lug nut. <laughs> Ooh. So smelling this uh, and looking at its appearance, it is green in color. And smelling this, uh, I definitely smell more of the matcha. And mm-hmm. I smell a little bit of the yuzu as well. So here is my yuzu matcha Kit Kat taste test. Hmm. And as I described, the matcha hits you first, and then the yuzu. It's quite an interesting combination. Hmm. I shall finish off this uh, second wafer and then give you my opinion. It's going to be a good opinion, I think. Well, the fact you're, you're the fact you're refusing to give it your opinion until you finish the second wafer, that's a good sign, I think. It's all a matter of respect, Neff. <laughs> ah, I see. So, it doesn't blow my mind. But I like it so much, I'm going to give it a yay. I like how you said that. It doesn't blow my mind, but. (laughs) Okay. And I like how the yuzu citrus is sort of lingering there a little more. Mm. After I taste it. Now, according to Kalith, I'm going to have my tangerine dream and have the tangerine Kit Kats. As he gets a slug of uh, liquid to uh, cleanse his palate. 
I need ginger. I need to have actual ginger that I can slice up on my own, just like a sushi bar, you know? <laughs> now um, you're getting fancy here. Now, as I open this second bag, I would like to um, tell everybody that um, the next day that we anticipate having a live stream, um, we're probably going to take next week off and come back the following week on Thursday. That would be February 27th for our live stream. And I will explain that after I taste the tangerine Kit Kat, which I have now opened the bag. Okay. This bag, you can smell a little bit of the tangerine as opposed to the other, which just smells like a bag. Okay. that I think that's a good sign. <laughs> they have uh, a beautiful... Uh, cat image on the uh, exterior there. Ah, yes, very nice. And I wonder if it's... Uh, I'm going to check another one of these. Yeah, these are actually different cats, different wrappers uh, for each. Ooh. So well, that's, that, that, that's an extra nice touch. So very promising. So, okay, here comes my Tangerine Dream. I'm going to open it, and they are orange-colored. Ooh, this is a very strong smell of citrus. Mm. Very strong smell. So I'm going to break off a tab, and here we go. Ooh. At first you think that the taste of the orange, or the tangerine, is overpowering, mm. but then it's not. And I'll go ahead and take the second wafer now. Hmm. This one mm -hmm. silently blows my mind. Woohoo. There we go. <laughs> silently blows my mind. Hmm. Now, I may disagree at this point that uh, um, what my friend said it tastes like uh, orange popsicles. But these were taken out of the closet. I wonder if that's going to hold true when I put these into the fridge. I was going to say, I think you'll find that some Japanese candy does better in the fridge, some not so much. Right. So uh, I think two very good selections. I'm going to give uh, my eBay contact the uh, positive uh, rating again. And when I have more money, I'll be able <laughs> to get some more, I think. <laughs> Yep, because I um because now I'm subscribing to the Boxu subscription, and um the just the other day, um Andrea, who's been on these shows before, my cousin, um mm -hmm. she was over and I invited her to have a couple of items that came in the Boxu box for February. They had two of these tea bags that were like a um a nicely flavored green tea from Kagoshima Prefecture, and they suggest pairing it with. Uh, a big, kind of looks like a looks like a brownie that came with the boxu box, but it's actually a chocolate cookie with red bean paste in the middle. Ooh! So you cut that up into several pieces, and we each had a few pieces and drank it with the tea. It was the mm. perfect pairing. Ooh! Sounds very delightful. Kind of sounds like. Uh, Something you could have paired, you know, if you go to like a tea ceremony. You go to some tea ceremonies, 
often when they serve you the tea, they'll accompany it with like a sweet or so. That's what I did in the Inuyama. When I went to Inuyama a few years ago, they have a tea house. I believe it's called Joan. And you pay a fee and you get to sit on the porch and they make uh, the matcha green tea and they serve you like a confectionery, which is local mm. for the area and for the season. Uh, so uh, that uh, little uh, snack session with my cousin, uh, I sort of reminisced uh, going back to uh, that day when I was sitting on that porch in Inuyama and it was a nice day. So. Ah. Inuyama is going to be on my list of places to go visit. Um, when I go back to Japan one day, because I'm keeping in regular contact uh, with a woman who helps run the gift shop at Inuyama Castle. We sort of connected uh, by post and then later by Instagram, and we talk over Instagram regularly. So it, Inuyama is uh, on my must-go list when I go to Japan next time. Hmm. Sounds sounds like you have a plan in place. Oh, yes. Hopefully, uh, well, like I said, uh, professionally, I don't know uh, where things are going in my life. But uh, later this year, hopefully, uh, I'll have some time and the money to go back for trip number five. Mm. And uh, I'll give you a little tip of what I'm doing right now. I've put together a list. I've shared my list to some of my friends, and they're telling me, you're overthinking this, and your trip is many months away, and, uh, well, you should give it a break. So this is what I did to sort of give it a break. I made a list. I made a list of places in Japan that I would like to go to on my next trip, and some places where I kind of have to go because I have I know people in the area that want to say hello. Yeah. So I put together this list, and um, I'm looking maybe the later part of the year to go, mm-hmm. and uh, there is one important thing that I kind of left off the list. It kind of dawned on me when I looked on YouTube. I subscribed to um, a few videos here and there about Japan and whatnot, but there's a guy who just visited Japan and spent some time near Mount Fuji. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I may have to watch it from a distance at that time of the year, but uh, I think Mount Fuji, I look back and I'm like, why did I leave this off in the first place even now? You're going to see snow on top of Mount Fuji, and that's kind of like the iconic image that many people think about. Uh, what some people don't realize is that as the summer uh, comes along and the warmer temperatures, that snow melts Mount Fuji just looks like a tall mountain, and people can actually hike it. I don't know if I'd actually want to hike it, but uh, just uh, being able to watch it from a distance is good enough for me. I was going to say that that's one of those where I'd be like, I'll just stand back here with a nice zoom lens. Thank you very much. Yes. Depending on the weather conditions, uh, there are certain stations, what they call stations of the trail that that you can drive up to. Sometimes uh, they keep, I think it's called the fourth station or the fifth station where they have some shops that are open. Um, I don't know if they're open year-round, but uh, um, you supposedly can take a bus or maybe I take a tour bus. You can go up uh, as far as you can go uh, to the observation uh, so you can get a good view of Mount Fuji. I know uh, Mystic, um, Mystic White Dragon, 
I know he did it on one of his earlier trips before he actually moved to Japan. And I remember one of his pictures uh, in front of Mount Fuji, and I was like, wow. So uh, after we're done with this show, I'm going to add it to uh, my uh, things I'd like to do list. <laughs> that sounds like uh, you've got some more things you want to add. Yes. But with any trip, you only have a certain amount of time. I only have a certain amount of time to take these trips, so uh, it's hard to try to always figure out what you want to do and uh, try to squeeze it in. And uh, that's what I've sort of tried to do a a few times on my journeys, try to squeeze some stuff in. But then you need to have a day to, like, unwind, basically, and just try to enjoy yourself. Well, yeah, you don't you don't want to be constantly running around on vacation because then you're going to come back and you need a vacation from your vacation. Yes, uh, Ryokan and Osan by Mount Fuji, uh, Bree says. Yeah, definitely. Well, now I'm going to have to go back to that list when we're done with the show. <laughs> uh, another record show tonight, as far as length, I believe, even with the uh, dearly cosplay interview. Uh, well done tonight, Neff. I'm I'm going to say you're 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 the leader of the band. I just happen to you know play the right instrument for the, for the time being. <laughs> um, so definitely it's something I did uh, want to follow up on from what I said earlier. Probably our next podcast slash live stream will be the last week of February. We're targeting February twenty seventh, which is a Thursday. Um, we're probably going to start that live stream closer to nine o'clock Eastern. Um, And the reason for that is this. Subject to change, we have two of the Sarah cosplayers that are scheduled to join us live. Mako-chan Cosplay and Umi. You heard Mako-chan a few podcasts ago talking about Love Live. Umi we've had on the air in our request shows previously over the course of many years. But this will be Umi's podcast debut, basically. Um, Mako-chan and Umi are individually, wherever they live, going to be seeing in the cinemas the last week of February uh, the Love Live concert. Uh, the concert that they, I believe they've already done and they're going to be airing in uh, cinemas uh, in North America, um, I believe, the last Tuesday of the month. They're both super excited to see it. Hopefully, uh, they can discuss all about the uh, concert and their observations that it, as it's fresh on their minds. So um, that's going to be February 27th, I believe, is the last Thursday of February. If another idea comes around for like a small show, we can just publish to the podcast next week. We'll do that. Otherwise, we are looking at the next show for... What was that? That was my hand hitting the boom mic as I'm trying to, you know. I was about to say, that was a timpani noise, maybe. That was kind of (laughs) like. I think I'm going to leave that in the edit, by the way. Well, since it's a free sound effect, why the heck not, right? (laughs) Yeah, I don't think that one's copyrighted except to you. (laughs) Which I will graciously give you. Don't worry. Oh, thank you. But yes, um, unless we have an idea for something short next week, we're going to target February 27th uh, around 9 p.m. Eastern to uh, do the podcast. And we'll try not to go past 10 o'clock because 
that is the traditional curfew around here. Um, but that'll be around the time that Mako and Umi will both be available to join us uh, live on the air to talk uh, about the Love Live concert uh, screening. Um, if you want to learn more about uh, Love Live, uh, just rewind a few podcasts. I believe podcast number three, um, which was the one that... Um, maybe three or four, the one that we just published um, onto the uh, podcast uh, providers. Um, that is the one, I believe, where Mako-chan talks about uh, Love Live. But you'll see it in the description. Just uh, look up the descriptions for each of the podcasts, and you'll see which one I'm talking about. And then um, also, we hope that you will support our podcast uh, through Sarah Shoutouts. Uh, Sarah shoutouts, um, we're still offering them and gives you a customized greeting from one of the Sarah Yoshida cosplayers. So if you're interested in learning more about that, um, you can email us extremeanimeradio at gmail.com or reach us out on one of our social media outlets, which we will describe once again as we close the show. Uh, speaking of Sarah Yoshida, we were talking about the interview with uh, Dearly Cosplay and Kaldith uh, said... All the Sarah cosplayers should do a ballet together. Interesting idea, but that reminds me of something that uh, Invisible Wonders messaged to me the other day. Invisible Wonders cosplay, um, another one of the Sarah cosplayers, uh, the first Sarah cosplayer of color. And, oh, I should mention this. Invisible Wonders cosplay and Mako-chan will both be at KatsuCon, the major mid-Atlantic anime convention that's happening this weekend in, like, the uh, Baltimore, Washington area. So if you are planning to go see KatsuCon, uh, be sure to look out for Invisible Wonders and or Mako-chan. Say hello and remind them that Extreme Anime Radio sent you. It was actually on the conversation of Katsukan, now that I remember. Um, Invisible Wonders told me, and I'd like to get your opinion on this, Neff, before we uh, close the show out tonight, that the Sarah cosplayers should get together and do, and the, these are her own words, into the Sarahverse. Okay, that's interesting, and I'm trying to figure out how we pull that off. Because we're talking <laughs> countries, time zones. That would take, I think, some magic editing. Exactly. Oh, thank you, Flax. Episode four. That was the one that we pre-recorded. Okay, cool. So right. um, that is where Mako-chan mentions um, Love Live. So you can listen to that and then uh, join us on our next live stream on Thursday, February 27th. Um, and again, we're targeting around 9 p.m. Eastern to start that. If we have uh, another uh, thing or two to bring to you in the interim, we will make an announcement on all of our social media outlets. So we want to thank you all for tuning in tonight. This has been a wonderful podcast, a wonderful taste testing. By the time we do the next live stream at the end of February, maybe I'll have my March box. I can announce now what the uh, March Boxu box is going to be because uh, Boxu has already published the information about it. Their March mm. box is called 
Mochi Madness. <laughs> that sound you heard, folks, was Nefkanag bashing his his uh, heel of his hand against his forehead. Yikes! <laughs> but we know where that plays off of, don't we? Yeah, I I, I was going to say <laughs> it's almost that time again, isn't it? Oh yes, March Madness, the men's basketball tournament. But uh, Boxu's going to celebrate with a whole box that's mochi-related, I believe. So uh, mochi is something that, uh, you know, I've enjoyed uh, from all of my uh, interest in Japanese culture. So I'm really looking forward to see what they sort of curate. And I keep saying I have one more thing, and this is kind of repetitive now. I do have one more thing to say. If anybody is interested in trying out a Boxu subscription, again, the website is bokksu.com. If anybody wants to sign up for a subscription, um, send us a message uh, on Facebook or email extremeanimeradio at gmail.com. I have a discount code, or I shouldn't say a discount code, a friend code for Boxu. So if you um, use the friend code, I get, I believe you get um, a bonus on your first box or some sort of discount. I forget how it works. But uh, use my friend code, and it will help you if you decide to try a uh, Boxu subscription. Uh, again, B-O-K-K-S-U.com. Okay. Now I think I'm done. Neff, the closing commentary. If you have any questions, concerns, compliments, or complaints about this podcast or anything you hear on the Extreme Anime Radio podcast, drop us a line at extremeanimeradio at gmail.com or private message us on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash anime radio. We're on Twitter at anime radio and we're on Instagram at extreme anime radio. Sorry about that pregnant pause, folks. No, I think no, I hurt no. myself when I did that. It's it's the mochi madness. I think that got to you. <laughs> yep. So uh, for Neff Canuck, I'm Jr. And uh, we will see you in two weeks. Um, the way things are looking at right now for our live stream with, in addition to Neff Canuck, uh, hopefully uh, Umi and Mako Chana talk about the Love Live uh, screening. In the meantime, folks, thank you and remember. Keep on listening to the Extreme Mario podcast, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. listening to the extreme anime radio podcast powered by anchor we appreciate your support in our first several podcasts of 2020 our next live stream is scheduled for thursday february 27th scheduled to join us that night are two of the cosplayers of sarah yoshida mako-chan cosplay as well as umi who will make her official podcast debut 
They'll both be attending the Phantom Event screening of the 9th anniversary Love Live Fest on February 25th and will come on the air live to share their thoughts. Also, during the month of March, we plan to present our long-awaited podcast on ballet cosplay safety, featuring interviews with some of the Sarah cosplayers who are also highly skilled in dance. You've already heard some of the guests on earlier podcasts, but our special program will feature additional unreleased audio. Here now is an exclusive for our podcast listeners, a preview of the upcoming Ballet Cosplay Safety Show. From today's guest, Dearly Cosplay. So usually girls start um, being selected for point around 13 um, because from the health aspect of it, your growth plates and your feet stop growing about that point. So girls who, you know, are about 13 are solid in their technique, solid in their, in class and, you know, can do most of the basic steps, um, have good balance, have correct posture. Every like got the full package is when you start learning points. So I got my first set of point shoes at 13 and a half years old. And I still remember <laughs> going and getting fitted <laughs> and it's so exciting. And you just, you just want to be on them all the time, but you really shouldn't. Yeah. Um, so I started at about 13 and I didn't think I was proficient until I was about 16 years old. Wow. And yeah. So it, cause once you get them, it's like, Because, you know, once you've been taking ballet class for a while, it's muscle memory. You know how steps work. But the moment you add point shoes in, it's like you're going from walking barefoot to walking in high heels for, you know, three hours and trying to navigate yourself around in these big stilettos pretty much. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, at about 16 was probably when I finally felt like, okay, I'm really comfortable being on point. Um, because the first year after you get your point shoes, you don't come off the bar, you stay glued to that bar Mm -hmm. and you only work in point for usually about half an hour per class. And my classes usually lasted about two hours or so. Um, yeah. So it's very, very gradual buildup of the strength and of the muscles and, you know, making sure every step along the way you're, being, you're taking care of your body. You're making sure that everything feels good. If something doesn't feel good, you say something immediately. And then, you know, either you correct it yourself or your teacher comes over and helps correct it if it's something you can't figure out. Um, but it, I, it's a long and hard process to get there. Because, you know, every girl wants to get up on point. And then once you get up there, you're like, oh, my God, this actually really hurts. <laughs> you got to retrain all these muscles to withstand holding your body weight up on top of your feet while still, you know, looking pretty and being in correct posture, being in correct technique and everything. So it's just one more thing to add. Um, but you know, once you get to that point where you're like, okay, I feel really solid in what I'm doing and how I'm, how I'm moving and everything, it's just such a wonderful feeling because it gives you this whole new sense of just, it's just, it's like the most magical thing. Like once you feel 
so comfortable on and off point. Like you can, you know, get up on point, do three or four pirouettes, land it. It's like the greatest accomplishment in the world being able to turn that many times. I can't turn that many times anymore. I usually get around twice and then I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, the first time you land that triple or quad pirouette on point and you're like, yes, it's just, the most incredible feeling. We hope you'll join us for our next live stream scheduled for Thursday, February 27th and for our ballet cosplay safety show during the month of March. Ear dates and guests are subject to change. So please visit our social media pages for all the latest updates on Facebook at facebook.com slash anime radio and on Instagram at extreme anime radio. Thanks again for tuning in to the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. Here on... Extreme Anime Radio.